You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Monday edition. What a weekend of NFL football it was. Got one more to go for week five, Monday Night Football, the Colts at Ravens tonight at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL. Matt, there's a playoff atmosphere with a couple of those games uh, already. I mean, it's only a month into the season. We're here in early October, still week five. But man, Sunday night football with the Bills and the Chiefs and then uh, Chargers-Browns game of the year so far, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I have some themes to take away from the week so far. That's one of them. But let me get to some of the, the other things here real quick. First of all, so many injuries, you know, very, very fantasy relevant injuries as well. People going down left and right. I thought the refs influenced too many games. And even yes. watching that game last night, it was like, man, I mean, the announcers were saying things like, well, there wasn't a flag on that play. That's interesting. You know, I mean, <laughs> so that was there was too much of that. They were too involved. Too many missed kicks. I mean, extra points. I mean, I'm obviously going to talk Green Bay Cincy at some point, too. I mean, Good kickers missing and extra points not going through. And I also thought it was a really good weekend for rookies. They're starting to look like they belong. And some of the guys we haven't heard from as much, you know, Kadarius Tony stepping up in a big way. Uh, this goes back to the Thursday game, but I thought your NFC West had a playoff feel to it. And just like you said, my last you know thing to mention was a- AFC playoff field you know those two games with four teams we might be talking in wild card weekend or divisional weekend or whatever and be like remember back in week five when these teams met you know back back then what's changed you know yeah it could be the final four again the chiefs you got to do some work though (laughs) they're they're two and three right now they're they're behind some teams in the west although they did get some help aside from the chargers there that have a commanding four and one record um but you're right a lot of kick a lot you forget about the third phase special teams came into play starting with all the punts and the the double punt from dixon who's the best punter in the league on thursday night football and it continued throughout and yeah way too many flags but then you don't want them to not call things like holding and, and pass interference that's blatant uh but adding penalties like the the taunting stuff is just unnecessary because we definitely don't uh, need more flags i don't know what the answer is because you want to officially officiate the game correctly but you want to have an element of letting them play a little bit and not interrupting the game so often yeah i, I don't know the balance for that it's, it's a, i think it's the hardest sport to officiate going I don't, you know, I'm, uh, I could do no better. I don't have great ideas, but this past weekend it got in the way more than it should. And it just happens throughout the course of the year. And it's one of the, my least favorite things about the sport, to be honest with you. Make them come off the field instead of penalizing yardage. Make them, you mean like hockey, like a power play? Yeah. Like, like uh, <laughs> if you hold, if you hold somebody, you don't get to do, play on the next play. You gotta go ten versus eleven. Yeah, <laughs> or I mean, or just get replaced by another player. Ten versus eleven. Now there's something. I didn't, I didn't, think, I didn't think about that far, but um, yeah. <laughs> I thought that's where you're going. I'm and, like, that's and, pretty extreme, BP. I and, mean, wow. And let him fight after the play like hockey too. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Hockey's hockey does have some things right. I will say. Oh yeah, hockey's great. It starts this week too. I'm pretty psyched. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love October. It's getting heating up in the NFL. We've got baseball playoffs. We've got NBA. We've got MLB. Love it, love it. Uh, let's go to Bills and Chiefs because that was marquee Ooh. matchup of week number five. And, um, man, 
those Buffalo Bills are a juggernaut right now, and we had talked about how they were already number one in your power rankings, and, and they played against the number two in your power rankings. Matt, I had the Bills too, but man, this is a huge win, a huge game, playoff feel in prime time. On the road in Kansas City for Josh Allen and the Bills to go win that game uh, is a big one and a big statement by the Bills. Yeah, and I, I honestly don't remember who I picked on Friday, but before the game, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, ah, the Chiefs are going to show us all who they are. I'm going to put a couple bucks on KC minus three. And wow, they were clearly the inferior team. You know, and I'm pulling up the box score now and mentioned penalties. I mean, Buffalo had 10 penalties for 103 yards. I didn't realize it was that bad. They only possessed the ball for 27-35 you know, as opposed to 32-25 for Kansas City, who also had less penalties. But they blew their doors off. I mean, an 8.1 yards per play, you don't see that very much. And their defense is very, very real. That's the thing I wasn't sure about going into the game. I'm like, they've played Roethlisberger and uh, Heineke. And, you know, their list of quarterbacks they've played is junk. Is it a good D, not a great one? No, it's great. And it's clearly what they've done is to play this game against the Chiefs, is we're going to rush four. And I read today, they blitzed zero times in that game. Zero. Wow. Two deep shell. Don't let Tyreek beat us over the top. A lot of speed in the middle of the field. Be very, you know, physical through their routes and, you know, be beat up on Kelsey and Hill as much as possible. And frankly, this was a poorly played game by Mahomes. I mean, this was a PFSF thing I read this morning. This was Mahomes' lowest grade from the pocket that PFF ever had for him. I was like, wow. I mean, that seems extreme, but he wasn't great. Wow. Threw the ball 54 times, completed 33 of those, 272 yards, two picks. He did have a couple of touchdown passes. It's funny because bad Mahomes is still on pace to have like – 5,000 yards and 55 touchdowns or whatever yeah, it is. Home, it's so crazy right. the season he's lining up to have in what's been a bad season so far uh, for what they expect to be with those Kansas City Chiefs. And, and they're going to be in it, obviously, but they got to get some things right, and it starts with the defense. Yeah, and the defense is problematic without question. Uh, Chris Jones being out certainly hurts, but they've been bad all year no matter who's been playing for them. And let's give Allen and people those guys credit, too. I mean, Allen is a runner. The throws he makes, I mean, he's really hitting his stride. These guys are total superstars. Um, I, I didn't mean to cause waves, but I put this out on Twitter last night because I believe it to be true that I said, with all respect to Mahomes, I mean, and his greatness, I'm not cutting on him. Allen's the more talented player. And, in fact, I should have put this on the tweet. Allen's the most naturally talented. That doesn't mean he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. I mean, size, strength, speed, arm strength. You know, he has everything, even more so than Patty. He's the one guy that can rival Mahomes just from a pure arm talent standpoint and maybe right. does have even a tick more just pure power in his arm than Mahomes I don't even know about that I would still take Mahomes as far as pure arm talent just because of everything he can do and the way he can throw the ball but when you add in just the size and the athleticism of what um, Josh Allen brings to the table it's not a crazy thing that you're saying and it was a foregone conclusion over the last couple of years that Patrick Mahomes is is one of one and there there could never possibly be one like him and there's a guy that was playing on the field with him that's that's got that ability too he's going down the path you know I mean it took him longer and Mahomes is better that's not what I'm saying folks right. but this guy is 
they're okay. I'm gonna, I didn't mean to bring this up so quick because I know we're going to talk Browns Chargers next. But when you watch those four quarterbacks, which we'll see what Baltimore does tonight, but they might be the best four teams in the AFC and they're all loaded and that's great football and they can't wait for them all to play each other in the playoffs. Mayfield's the only one that's not a superhero. You know, Herbert's a superhero too. And the guys on Sunday night are absolutely superheroes. No doubt. No doubt. And that's what makes yeah. this so fun with this uh, AFC race we've got building up here for the 2021 season. But yeah, some injuries that worry you there for the Chiefs. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was yeah. hurt a little bit, but the big ones, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, they can't afford to lose those guys and hurt the offense right. with what the defense is doing right now. And up front, they paid a lot of money uh, for uh, and put a ton of resources into the offensive line there. And, uh, and, and they were losing some of those guys too, so... That's that could be troublesome going forward, and we'll see what those reports end up looking like when they get imaging and all of those things. Yeah, we might have to talk injuries Wednesday or Thursday more than we usually do. I mean, you kind of mentioned it. I mean, the Chiefs could be without Chris Jones, Joe Tooney, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Clyde Zizbert-Alaire, and they're two and three. Uh, that's a problem. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Then you really need Mahomes to be a Superman at that point. Yeah, and he probably will be, but <laughs> wow. I mean, the defense doesn't help at all. Okay, next, we've got Browns, Chargers. We'll hit about Speaking half of the of games here from, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we picked the under on that one. I think we missed that by a little bit. Yeah. Wow. I, I think each team got the over on that game. More Peacock and Williamson coming up, breaking down week five. Folks, get your streams together with DirecTV stream don't be fumbling around with different remotes different devices you're using this password there it's borrowing somebody else's sister's brother's password for this one you're fumbling around at 6 30 in the morning maybe if you're like me on the west coast trying to watch a london game then you got a different game on a different network get it all together and watch your sports more simply with direct tv stream Bring your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's DirecTV. Dot com compatible device required content varies by package 47 42 the final mat in los angeles as the chargers beat the browns this game was nuts and i had to go back and watch it because uh, not only was it a marquee matchup but i was really locked into the 49ers game and had to report on every snap of that football game that we will get to uh, and it was going on at the same time and my phone kept blowing up with fantasy alerts and it was because I have I have uh, Justin Herbert on a lot of my fantasy teams and it kept blowing up it was like 70 yard touchdown pass from Justin Herbert you know 60 yard touchdown pass from Justin Herbert I was thinking oh my god the Chargers must be crushing the Browns and then they break into the game and there's a an update at halftime from Chargers Browns and in the third quarter from Chargers Browns and the Browns have the lead and I was it was like mind-blowing how is it possible that the Browns have the lead when I'm getting all these alerts from touchdown passes right and left from Justin Herbert man this game was fun to watch when I did put it back on yeah I mean again I, I was super impressed with both defenses going into that game you mentioned we talked about the under I'm like, man, I like the offenses without question, but both these defenses are much improved from last year. 
I still think that's true, but it's hard to back that up after a 47-42 game that could have, I mean, it, it was just whoever got the ball last. I mean, you were they were scoring touchdowns basically no matter what. Um, two really smart coaches. I really think when those things happen, usually a smart coaching staff has figured out all the defensive checks and things like that. Like, if we go to two tights on the same side of the field, we're going to get cover two just like we saw in film all week and boom, we got it and they have no way getting out of it because we're not going to let them stop and practice it right now. You know I mean? So (laughs) these two coaches, smart young coaches, I think really got a bead on the opposing defense and Herbert was just utterly amazing. Mike Williams bounces back in a huge way and the Browns played their version. I mean, they dominated time of possession Ran for what 230 yards, you know, 161 by Chubb, and Hunt looks as good as Chubb. And I'm not bashing Mayfield; he's not the reason they lost. He he bounced back in a big way. I thought he played very poorly the last couple of weeks, and looks a lot better. And I know he's fighting an injury, but you know the Chargers were just too much, and uh, some of it's just the way the ball bounces at the end, too. Yeah, you mentioned Mike Williams there. The breakout continues for him. He had a dud last week. Uh, but four out of the five weeks, he's been a monster for uh, Justin Herbert in that Chargers offense. He's got 471 yards on the season, six touchdowns, another pair of touchdowns, a long 72-yarder. Uh, man, and that's a great combination with a big-armed quarterback like Justin Herbert there. And on the other side, I was hoping a little something. Speaking of my fantasy football teams, I've got some stock in Odell Beckham. And like, he's he's not bouncing back. Two for 20, you see 42 points. You think, okay, uh, not many... Right pass catchers there and it's David Njoku going off and it's the running game that's going off even though Baker Mayfield played awesome and he had 122.5 passer rating which was a .5 better than Justin Herbert with his 300 yards passing and two touchdowns but um, they, they didn't lean on the wide receivers as much and maybe that's one of the reasons why Baker Mayfield hasn't had as big of a season this year when David Njoku who's been you know mostly a disappointment throughout his career is your, your leading receiver a touchdown pass to Rashard Higgins but it was Nick Chubb on the ground with 161 yards yeah and I don't have a ton more to add to it than that I mean I don't quite understand what's going on with Odell is there really something between Odell and Baker where they're quote not on the same page I mean I laughed it off when people said you know last year after Odell got hurt oh this offense is better without him like no it isn't you know just add Odell I mean it probably comes around because trust me my son has him on his team and I hear about it all day long he's like (laughs) they have 42 points and he has 20 yards what the heck's going on you know like I don't know what to tell you son I think I just keep playing them and hope for the best yeah and any Browns fans fans out there and I haven't watched Odell you know just play after play just to see but is he not moving quite as well as he did has the have the injuries taken their toll is he just a a completely different guy is is the question I have and I kind of want to go back and and watch him and and look at the the tape there and kind of watch him on the all 22 play after play and just see how he's moving around my last note on this one and, and love to see this maneuver by the Browns when they actually help Austin Eckler into the end zone to try to get the ball back and win it no oh, how about that I'm glad you brought that up I mean that was a crazy series of events I mean again smart young innovative coaches they realize we can't give the ball back to Baker because we can't stop anybody Austin just don't score. And, <laughs> you know, he's, he kind of like stops his feet. It's so unnatural for him. I remember like when I forget who did that in the Super Bowl and end up falling in the end zone. And, you know, like he stops his feet and he's like, okay, they'll come tackle me. Well, they grabbed him and dragged him into the end zone. The Browns were just as smart about it. You know, it was awesome. 
there's a couple of games, and we, and we got to move quickly here. There's a couple of games I'm going to lump together, and uh, I guess we might as well do it now. Our RunYourPool.com Survivor Pool narrowly escaped from about half of uh, the players that are left in this thing, and mm, there's good. 81 of the 200 left, and about half of those, or maybe more than half, picked the Patriots, as I did this week, or the Minnesota Vikings. And and both of those games probably gave some folks some heart attacks there. The Patriots did win that by a field goal late, 25-22 over the Texans. And then it was the Vikings coming back to beat the Lions, who I thought the Lions had it sewn up. 19-17 was the final there. Um, my big takeaway from the Patriots game is is I don't know what's going on over there with with the Pats and Bill Belichick, but man, going against a rookie quarterback like Davis Mills, that's money in the bank to me with how bad the Texans are and Bill Belichick's record against rookie quarterbacks. And Davis Mills kind of went off twenty one of twenty nine for three touchdown passes. Has Bill lost his touch? What's going on over there? I'm I'm shocked by Mills. I mean, as bad as he looked when he took over as a starter. And once again, I think Tyrod gets the gets the boot. You know, the poor guy. He plays well everywhere he goes, and then some draft pick boots him out of the starting job. I think you got to run with him and see what he does, because I thought he was pretty damn good. And again, I had low expectations. Both these games had, you know, to open the show, heavy special team implications, you know, long field goals, that goofy punt situation that worked in the Patriots' favor. Um, well, flea flicker, games. too. I mean, I have to study both of them more. But I didn't expect either one to be this close, especially the Patriots. I mean, I figured Belichick would shut that group down. Didn't so much. And I do think it's noteworthy. You know, New England was missing four or five offensive line starters. And and that should really be the strongest part of their team. You know, just looking at it on paper, I, I think the Patriots are in for a long year. I mean, you're trading Gilmore. You're barely beating the Texans. Like, uh, I think they're on the outside looking in. I haven't seen the prognosis of Damian Harris, who left that game, but uh, Ramondre Stevenson with two yards per carry, replacing him on 11 carries. Yeah, And I liked Ramondre Stevenson in the preseason, but that didn't look great either. And part of that is probably the offensive line. Uh, you know, you got Brandon Bolden out of the backfield as a receiver. It's not really much dynamic happening there on the outside. And, and Mac Jones isn't a dynamic thrower either. So you got to win by, you know, a death by a thousand paper cuts if you're the the Patriots offense and you definitely can't be giving up 22 points to Davis Mills and the Texans no no I 100% agree and then you know to spin it over to the Vikings I thought their defense played really well but Goff's kind of showing what he's been you know I mean he needs more around him than what Detroit has and Hawkinson's really cooled off and I don't think he's 100% healthy and you know it was the Madison and Jefferson show which is very Viking-like, you know, we're going to feature two or three guys, get them the ball a lot, and, you know, win a tight game, and they did. Um, I can't say I'm super impressed with the Vikings or Patriots for beating the Lions and Texans <laughs> yeah. barely. You know. For needing for needing some help and some uh, and and some late fortune Bounces, to win yeah. those games, and I thought I thought it was over. I thought the Lions had sealed it. Those eleven fourth quarter points, and I thought they were going to win that seventeen sixteen when they took the lead. But no, Greg Joseph was able to uh, get in field goal range to win it for the Vikings there. And you're right about Jared Goff. It's just there's always he's not good with pressure at all. So teams that can get no. to him are going to give him trouble and throw in the interception, the strip sack, and like the, he's always dogged by those types of things. I'll look out though. Rookie wide receiver Amonra St. Brown was the leading receiver here. Maybe it's time for him to uh, be uh, a potential add if you're really struggling at wide receiver in your fantasy football league. Seven catches for 65 in this one. 
Yeah, I think he's a keeper. I think he'll be their long-term slot, you know, catch a lot of passes there during his rookie contract and maybe longer. Um, they need a one receiver on the outside, but that's an off-season project. And you're right. Yes. Like, I, I saw the huge play by the Lions. I'm like, wow, good for them. They got the, they got a nice win here. They played hard. And I totally ignored the very end of the game. And I was like, what? <laughs> the, the Lions didn't win this game? What Same thing happened to me. And all of a sudden, they're yeah. lining up for a field goal. Oh, it's like, come on, Lions. And you could tell that one hurt. I mean, that one hurt Dan Campbell in tears after the game. And uh, yeah. th- that was a crushing blow because they're not going to have that many opportunities to win a bunch of games. And, and they're severely undermanned. But uh, Dan Campbell cares. The, pl- the players are fighting for him. So uh, eventually, they get some bullets there. And it's, you know, it's going to be a few off seasons, but they might win a few games eventually. And, and maybe Dan Campbell's the right guy. Yeah, and uh, I'm happy and mad with myself in that I've been talking all year about how the Lions and Texans are my sneaky teams to cover because they're always going to get big numbers, and I don't think I've been picking them very often. (laughs) So I need to put a big note here, a big post-it on the laptop for Friday and say, stick with uh, your, your theory on Texans and Lions plus points. They play hard. It was a long Sunday for me. With oh yeah! 6.30 start time. How early did you get up? Did you catch the kickoff of Jets-Falcons? I got to admit, I only caught the fourth quarter of that game. And then there was the lightning and uh, the weather delay and the late game. So, uh, man, <laughs> right. uh, kudos yeah. to anybody, Matt. I don't know if you were among them that caught kickoff of Jets-Falcons in London and then caught the, the end of Bills and Chiefs on Sunday night. Oh, yeah, I got every bit. Yeah, every, right. every single one. I mean, that, that was a marathon. This is a little embarrassing, but for a Sunday morning for a 9.30 kickoff, I did have to set an alarm, but uh, I got that, and I had a TVRing just in case I had to catch up a little bit, and I was very happy doing that. The first quarter or so, I watched in fast forward without commercials, so that worked out fine. Yeah, welcome to my world, by the way. Us West Coasters, we got 10 a.m. football every Sunday. It's too early. That's rough. That's rough. Yeah, but I did. I I went all the way to the wire, and you're right. I was not thrilled about the weather delay. Yeah, that was unnecessary at the end of that day, especially throwing in that London game. Uh, Any big takeaways from Jets-Falcons, except for that the Jets are just really, really not good? Uh, Kyle Pitts is really, really good. Uh, I thought that was something we've been kind of predicting for a while now. Buy him while you can in fantasy. He's going to break out. Well, he sure did. And Ridley didn't make the trip. Um, I will eat my words a little bit, too. Like, uh, week one, week two... Probably even last week, I said often, Matt Ryan and Ben Roethlisberger looked done to me. Ben played way better, and I'm sure we'll get to that game at some point in the next day or two. But Ryan is playing quite well again. So, you know, let's not write the books. You know, let the books play out and don't just write the whole thing and think you know everything. Yeah, Matt Ryan putting some back-to-back, missing his top pass catcher. So Kyle Pitts, the rookie, and and you got to see that talent and they're putting him to use. So the breakout and hopefully, you know, he's getting those double-digit targets. He had 10 targets in this game, caught nine of them for 119 and a touchdown. He's too much of a weapon for Matt Ryan and the Falcons to not be utilized more. So that's fun and that'll make uh, uh, Falcons games even more fun to watch, uh, especially when you get Calvin Ridley back there too. But, um, my my probably number one takeaway here is Zach Wilson thought he maybe turned the corner like some of these other rookie quarterbacks and looked bad again. And right now he's probably yeah, he got the worst professional resume of all the rookie quarterbacks now that Davis Mills had that game and looked pretty good against the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, he has his moments. If you put his highlight tape together, you'd be like, wow, there's a lot to work with here. And clearly he has talent. 
but he doesn't process or read things very well. He misses open throws. You could tell his mind's going a million miles an hour. He plays too fast. Doesn't have a ton around him, you know. And so uh, I think it's going to be a long year for Mr. Wilson. Hopefully they, you know, I don't want to say they don't ruin him. That's probably too, too, uh, too abrupt, but uh, next year could be his year, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe next year. It's going to be rough. Year two, year three, take some time. Uh, It's a big jump, maybe some jet lag there in London, and they could definitely stand to add some more talent there. Uh, But I do like the the direction Joe Douglas has things going there, and I I think an offseason will help them a lot with that new coaching staff, new quarterback, and this is just not – this is going to be growing pains this year for the the Jets for sure. Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. I mean – they're right there with the Texans and Lions, if not worse. Let's get to your Steelers you mentioned All there right. because uh, I think – do we have a fraud alert when it comes to their opponent in Week 5 next? Now is the time to grab yourself a box of Built Bars at Built.com and get 15% off your first box while doing it with promo code LOCKED15. They brought back the Marshmallow puff flavors recently they're always bringing in new and fun flavors and the bottom line is it tastes good and it's healthy that's the only reason you need to be going to builtbar.com it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar most flavors have 17 grams of protein only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs Uh, Maybe you want a little bit more protein. You can get up to 18 grams of protein in some flavors, like the peanut butter, which is my favorite. But there's a ton of great flavors, all covered in delicious 100% chocolate. The nine original flavors, a bunch of new flavors. I think they got 18 flavors up there. You can build your own box and mix and match flavors. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, and maybe you are... Do you get accused of being too hard on the Steelers? By either listeners here or um, listeners on your I Steelers get radio all show? all the above. Okay. I certainly get, Williamson, you're a homer, and sometimes I get you're too hard on the Steelers. I mean, you're kind of an impartial jury here. I think you're a little soft on your Niners, but you often pick against them. Do you think I'm overly hard or soft on my Steelers? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I okay. think you play it down the middle pretty much. And uh, I think you can tell by games like this where you thought Roethlisberger didn't even have this in him. No, I didn't. And he didn't necessarily go off, but he looked a lot better. He didn't look like the washed-up guy that, that you had talked about that we'd seen in the first few weeks of the season there. Najee Harris getting going, 122 yards on the ground. They kept feeding him. Um, to me, though, with, with the question that I teased going into the break there with the Broncos... Now that they've played a couple of better opponents, Ravens and Steelers, in the AFC, after starting with a, what's a very clearly an easy start to the year when they went 3-0 and and looked dominant on defense in the Giants, Jaguars, and Jets, were they a little bit of fraudulent after those first three weeks? They're probably an average football team, 16th in the power ranks, you know what I mean, right in the middle. I was a little disappointed in their defense. I mean, a a huge key to this game is the Steelers started fast, which they have not done all year. And they're not really equipped to come from behind. So they could just keep running it and running it. And their rebuild offensive line is starting to take shape a little bit. It's not horrible anymore. They realize Najee Harris is their best player. And frankly, far and away, Ben's best game in a long time. He threw the ball very well. He was actually comfortable check the runs as opposed to just throwing these quick hitters all day long. 
Um, but I will say Bridgewater, Sutton, Patrick figured out the Steelers D and was starting to rip them up in the second half, you know? So um, I thought with a lead, the Steelers pass rush would just take this game over and seal the deal. That's the one thing we didn't see, you know, at home loud. Um, but the Steelers were the better team. And I think they'd win this one more often than not, but it was encouraging from where I sat like, well, Ben might not be totally washed and they're not going to pick in the top five and maybe they'll compete for a wild card and make some, make some noise late in the season. And I think Denver will probably still be in that neighborhood too, but they have a lot of injuries in Denver right now too. Yeah. I mean, and both defenses though are still too good for them to just be down and out. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they don't have enough on offense right now to, you know, be playoff teams, but we'll see. And I think it was interesting and it's uh, a, an angle I didn't think about the way you put that. And it's almost like the Steelers just figured out the Broncos earlier in the game. And that might've been the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they were, they got up early and hit Johnson on that long touchdown, which is the second week in a row. And then they just ran it and ran it and wore him down and, Big heavy O-line with a big heavy running back, and Ben made throws when he had to, which is different than usual. Um, They lost Juju Smith-Schuster. That just came out. He's going to be out for the year. Um, Bush got hurt in this one, too. And then I tweeted something just a minute, a couple, little bit ago, too, that over the last three games, and this is just kind of a fantasy nugget, especially with Juju out of the picture, Chase Claypool has 17 catches for just under 300 yards. And Deontay Johnson has 20 catches for 269 yards in each of their last three games. Like, these two are a really good tandem. And I don't want to see Juju get hurt, but with these guys getting even more action, uh, they're fantasy assets for sure. Mm, Some stock ups for our Wednesday episode there. Um, What do we think about these Packers that almost lost to Joe Burrow and the Bengals took overtime and multiple missed field goals for Mason Crosby to finally hit one between the uprights. Joe Burrow left the game, got poked in the throat or something crazy, and then he yeah. came back and um, and clearly I guess he's okay. Yeah, he's okay, and and Joe Burrow is they they got the right guy. I think it's pretty safe to say, even though the Bengals oh, are not yeah. a perfect team. But it was pretty fun to watch. You know, young Joe Burrow against old Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I need to do more work on this one. I was going on during the Steeler game and a, and a bunch of others. Uh, missed kicks were certainly the story of the game. I mean, Mason Crosby is one of the best kickers in the last generation or so, and he couldn't he couldn't get it done. Burrow, though, the one thing I definitely take away from this, as you said, is it's Burrow's team already. He has immense leadership and toughness traits. He throws the ball really, really well. Um, Jamar Chase with yet another long touchdown. I mean, he's in the offensive rookie of the year conversation. And I, I will say, you know, studying the Bengals a lot this year, they're better than I thought. They are not a bottom feeder at all. Um, but I'm not sure Green Bay's great either. They've got a pretty easy path in the north. So that oh, they're, in the north, they're yeah. a playoff team all day. But they, you know, they might not just stroll into the NFC championship game again. Right. Like, we opened the show with Browns, Chargers, Bills, Chiefs. Like, I don't know the Packers are on that level. 
Jamar Chase ripping off a 70-yarder. He's dynamic, a uh, little toe-tapper on the sideline. Love seeing the development from him. He said he couldn't even catch the, the NFL ball. It didn't have stripes on it in, in training <laughs> camp, and now he's looking like uh, he was worth that top-five selection with how dynamic of a player he is, and he's making big plays almost on the weekly, and obviously on the other side, just like clockwork, 16 targets, 11 catches, 200 yards for Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, Adams is a star. Uh, Rodgers was quite good, you know, but both these quarterbacks turned the ball over. Rodgers had an uncharacteristic interception, Burrow through two, which has kind of been a little bit of a theme for him, too. He needs to cut that down for his style of play. Um, I need more homework on this one, but um, you got to give Green Bay credit, even though I didn't say a lot of good things about him. You, you go on the road. It was only a three-point spread, I think, from what I remember, and I was a little shocked by that, thinking, wow, Green Bay's a lot better than that, but once again, those people in the desert don't just build those big buildings because they don't make any money. Um, so I think Green Bay is a well above average team that it just isn't blowing me away at the moment. And I think their defense is average. Let's go to the state of Florida where the Buccaneers, as expected, handled their business at home against the Miami Dolphins uh, and maybe more so than expected for some Dolphins fans who thought they might be in this game a little bit more. But, uh, man, the Bucks just ran away from him. 45-17, the long touchdown reception from Antonio Brown, who's becoming the number one receiver there uh, in Tampa for Tom is. Brady. Seven catches, 124, a couple of touchdowns, a 62-yarder, showing he's still got some some speed in his 32, 33-year-old body there um obviously tom brady doing tom brady things right now five touchdown passes 400 yards passing we almost got a chance on the other side talking about quarterbacks there because uh jacoby Brissett got deemed up there's a guy named reed sinette that was either did come into the game i don't think he threw any passes or, or maybe he was getting ready to come into the game and i swear and i follow this league closely we talk about the nfl every single day all year matt I did not know Reed Sinet existed until yesterday. I didn't either. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I did not know anything about him. <laughs> um, obviously, he's the three. I mean, Tua will take the one job over, you know, sooner than later. Hopefully, that's sooner. Not the Brissette's been terrible. Their line's terrible, though, and they get nothing out of their running game. I mean, that's it, a tough formula. Um, I, I will say, though, I mean, they have some receivers in Miami that are intriguing to me. You know, Waddle and Gasecki and Gaskins got more involved and actually used Preston Williams a little bit. So I think they have weapons, just not a foundation running game O-line. Um, but, you know, the Miami pass offense is pretty good. You know, I mean, if you had to rank the things, what are you least worried about in Miami? Pass defense would probably be the top of the list. Yep. Well, Brady just carved them up. <laughs> right. I mean, he is unbelievably good still. I mean, just totally in control, anticipation, accuracy. I guess he's fighting something. He, they play Thursday night, but I guess he's going to be fine against the Eagles Thursday night. But there was a little concern there. Yeah, I've been pretty disappointed with Jacoby Brissett's ability to get the ball out to yeah. the receivers outside. Jalen Waddle, two catches on six targets here. The leading receivers, the running back, and Miles Gaskins, you know, saved the day offensively for them with his two touchdown receptions 10 targets 10, 10 catches. catches yeah yeah so and and not much running for miles gaskin but um anyway the uh the dolphins yeah need some help this year one and four, one and four. i mean 
they're you, one and four. I, I I almost think no matter what, you can write the book that they're done. Yeah, I mean, maybe if the Colts lose tonight, they could rebound in that god awful division at one and four. But man, that's bad. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about all those other teams at the top of the AFC. They're not going to be able to compete with those guys, even with Tua in there. And it's pretty clear yeah. there's a step a step between Tua and Brissett. Yeah, and I'm excited to get to see Tua, and you know, it might really be a stock up moment for Tua when he comes back and gets his offense a little more respectable. But I don't think he's, you know, got an S on his chest and he's going to save the day. No, and and he's got to prove that he can stay healthy the rest of the way before the Dolphins, who have a lot of draft picks, start looking around and sniffing around some other quarterbacks. He's still got to prove that he's the guy, and and he's got the rest of the season to do that when he comes back. I don't know that he does. I mean, I believe these rumors of they may trade for Deshaun Watson any minute now isn't crazy or before the trade deadline. I think it's possible. I don't I'm not know. Predicting it, but I think I, it's possible. I just can't see a team trading for Watson. But um, we, we actually we, we've probably got to dive into some of those topics later in the week. We've got to stock up, stock down Wednesday. Some of your questions at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL and some more games from Sunday plus Monday Night Football to cover. We've got. Niners cards in the NFC West. Uh, we've got Saints, Washington, Eagles, Panthers, which was uh, quite a big surprise for me. Bears, Raiders. Speaking of fraudulent, Matt, you have, yeah. get, get ready. I think you might uh, be able to talk some smack to those Raiders listeners who, well, yeah, who were after you the after Bears the first game. I can't be right in that game. That's true. Yeah, you're wrong either way <laughs> in that one. That's not a good one for uh, for Williamson to be picking. Uh, but, yeah, we'll cover the rest of those games from Sunday slate and Monday night football tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.